0: This particular conversation is going to involve two of my good friends in the media world, Joe Goldberg, Vahe Gregorian, both out of Kansas City. So it ends up being a Kansas City version of the Kilcoin conversation. Recent visits about not only the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, but the fact that now the Chiefs are sort of the, the Patriots, that people just hate them because they keep on winning. A little bit about Mahomes and a little bit about the Royals' stadium development, The announcement that the Royals want to move downtown KC. And then as the week played out, when we had Joel on and then Vahe, we had the shooting at the Super Bowl parade, and whenever Vahe's on, he's always thoughtful and interesting, but this was in the wake of being on site at the shooting at the parade, literally being right there. Kansas City Star, I guess their offices overlook the platform area where the shooting took place, so... It really kind of devolved the week evolved from having Joel on in advance of the parade talking about all these Kansas City topics and then Vahe after the incredible week of stories and triumph and jubilant behavior turned into the tragedy in Kansas City so we'll play them in that order too. Joel Goldberg of course with Fox Sports Midwest Kansas City Royals coverage he and I worked together nearly 30 years ago in rhinelander wisconsin i guess it will be 30 years ago i think he got the job there in 94. Uh, and then we worked together in st louis but he's been in kc for a long time vahe with the post dispatch for 20 plus years and has now been in kansas city for 10 plus years one of the best columnists in the country period so it's the kansas city edition of the Kilcoin conversation coming to you from the pasta house studios 19 area locations and by now you know the drill if you want to order online it's pastahouse.com let them do the cooking for you you got the kids you're on the run make it simple order that food online and for my catholic friends on a fish fry friday or a lenten friday you can just get pasta with no meat sauce or get some of the great seafood they have they have an awesome salmon dish everything is fresh everything's great at the pasta house triad bank one of my longtime sponsors here on the Kilquen Conversation, on radio shows as well. They're a St. Louis-based bank. Been here since 2005, so if you're getting a runaround from your bank, want to get things done, talk to the folks who are based right here in town. That is Triad Bank. Marie developed Senior Living. They're at the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road since 1960, the premier spot for your retirement years. So Whether it's mom, dad, and uncle, grandparents, thinking about a place for retirement, all levels of care. You can live in the Villa Estates, basically have your own house, but you have access to all the great amenities, the clubhouse, the food, or if you need a little more care, assisted living. All levels of care, great spot. Marie de Villa at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Missouri Athletic Club, since 1903, the premier spot in downtown St. Louis. But along the way, they added the West Clubhouse as well. So if your kids want to get involved in summer camps, sports teams, You and your wife will learn how to play tennis or pickleball. You can do all the great fitness or you can just enjoy the food. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was introduced to this person. They said, oh yeah, he's a member at the MAC. I said, oh, you work out downtown or out west? He said, yeah, not a big workout guy, but I have a lot of business lunches and meetings downtown, sometimes out west. It's great for social, making further business connections or to get in great shape. You can do it all one spot. It's the MAC, MAC mac-stl org and the appliance discounters.com the appliancecounters.com that's the website is what I'm trying to tell you for appliance discounters real simple biggest names lowest prices they've been doing this for a long time it's a great model whether you're looking for General Electric GE washer dryer stove refrigerator any of the big names lowest prices it's that simple the appliance discounters.com. Thanks to all of our great sponsors, and now the visits back-to-back. Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports Midwest out of Kansas City, covers the Royals, and then Vahe Gregorian from the Kansas City Star. On the line now, Mr. Kansas City, Joel Goldberg. We are going to talk some Royals. We're going to talk about the stadium announcement, which happened earlier this afternoon, but we got to start with the Chiefs. In the time you were there, Joel, did you ever see this coming where the Chiefs wouldn't just be really good? They're like the most marketable team in the NFL. They're, they're the new Patriots.
1: Yeah, you know what I never saw was, I mean, I'm not surprised at the success because I do think that Mahomes is a a once-in-a-generation quarterback, and when you add in a a once-in-a-generation head coach in Andy Reid, and then, you know, once-in-a-generation tight end, just start there. And I'm talking about a team that really won, I believe, because of their defense. So I don't, you know... If you were to have told me a few years back that they would win more titles, I think I'd believe it. What I didn't compute, and it's a really it's it's it kind of messes with the mind a little bit, is I think that we've all been wired to hate the Patriots unless we're from New England, right? And now I'm watching a lot of the country put the Swifties aside. Most football fans around the country not rooting for the chiefs, and suddenly they're the bad guys. Mahomes has talked about embracing sort of that new role. I never thought they'll be the Patriots, and it almost doesn't make me dislike the Patriots anymore, but it kind of makes me realize we all disliked them just because they were good. and yes, there was the play gate and all that. but we really just disliked them because they were good, but they've got their Tom Brady or at least the closest thing to it. There's still work to be done. They've got their Bill Belichick with maybe a better personality. And they've got the greatest tight end
0: of all time. Well, I do think that's one distinction. I think Belichick was just largely unlikable, and maybe it's because he was holding right. back. Maybe he has this – our buddy Larusse always says, yeah, he's a real funny guy. I'm like, yeah, I don't see it. but, yeah,
1: but Larusse is, really, <laughs> is really funny too.
0: right? <laughs> so I'm like, maybe there's more there. But Bill wasn't exactly warm and fuzzy. Then they had the scandal. But I do think the Chiefs are going through way more successful. But when the Cardinals were really good – like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, they just kept going to the NLCS. I think the country was sick of turning on October baseball and seeing the Cardinals. And you guys are probably dealing with that a little bit. I just find Mahomes eminently likable. I'm not like a Chiefs fan, but I'm happy for you. I'm happy for my niece, Emma, anybody over there that loves the Chiefs. I'm happy you guys are having fun. I don't root for him, but I I can't imagine anyone saying Mahomes isn't likable. I don't get that.
1: I don't think so, but I think what happened is there were some stretches this year, and I kept saying it, and look, I'm just an outside observer that has the perspective of having been in sports as long as you and I have, that we tend to view things without as much emotion and without as, you know, we, we, we tend to view things just a little bit more analytically and a little bit more rationally. You're not supposed to be rational as a sports fan. And so I just kept thinking all year long, these guys aren't really that, Good. Uh, Something's wrong. They're going to get in the playoffs. They're not going to go far unless they can figure out how to fix it. And they kept saying, we'll fix it, we'll fix it, we'll fix it. It's like, okay, well, I'm not seeing anything yet. So I I kept saying that this this could be the year that things fall apart, but the caveat was if they put it together, they're going to end up being really dangerous. And it all happened in the playoffs. And it really all happened to me going to Buffalo and going to Baltimore, beating Miami at home in a game. Everybody said, well, it's Miami's not used to that cold. Well, neither were the Chiefs. I mean, they were playing in temperatures that, that rivaled what you and I worked in in our first jobs or your second job in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. It was, you know, wind chill, 20, 30 below. That doesn't happen in Kansas City, St. Louis, and not even in Green Bay too often. So I, I didn't take a whole lot from that, and the Dolphins team that wasn't playing well. But to go to Buffalo and win on the road, uh, and 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 handle Josh Allen, to be able to handle Lamar Jackson. I, I would actually say the Super Bowl was the first time in probably six weeks, and I watch it, them every week now. I mean, I've adopted them as my team, and it's so much fun. But Super Bowl was actually the first time where I felt like they were going to win. I wasn't so sure in the previous games. Susan and I went to the Christmas Day game against the Raiders. They got booed at home, and they deserved it. They were terrible. But to, to your point on Mahomes, I think a couple things, and that that Raiders game on Christmas Day was one of them. There there started being – we saw it a little bit in the Super Bowl with Kelsey, too. Started being some frustration, some bad body language. And Mahomes, he had a little bit of a look of a, you know, like the kid that's always gotten everything he wanted not going his way. And so I think that turned some people off a little bit. But he is a great guy. He's unbelievable in this community. And I I, I just think that in the end, when smaller market teams – that you know aren't going to get kind of the anti big city coast and all that. People want to root for if you want to call it a Cinderella or whatever until it's not a Cinderella anymore. It's exactly what you're saying. You can be in a small market, but people get sick of it. And to add to that, Martin, if you're because uh, these are all national broadcasts, if you're the other team and, and, and you're watching your team play against the Chiefs. And every other commercial is Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey. Like you know, let's pour salt into the wounds here.
0: And even the Taylor Swift thing to me is is great for the Midwest because New York, I L.A. There's your glitz, there's your glamour, there are all your celebrities. Every game that's in New York, L.A. You got to yeah. cut to the sidelines, especially in basketball. And ooh, what stars are here? And then the biggest star, arguably one of them on the planet. Falls in love with a guy on the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I just think right. it's hooray for the Midwest. I would say, and so
1: I think that's part of it. I mean, people have talked about this ad nauseum. Um, I actually think it's an interesting discussion because it, it tells a lot about ourselves. Like from the start, and I, I'm not a fan of her music. I don't dislike it. I don't. Uh, I'll be very proud to say that my my daughter, who would seem to be a Swifty, liked Travis Kelsey before she. Was a Swifty, and now she loves her because of him. But like, not to get too you know overly romanticized between you know two longtime buddies here, Martin. But like, who roots against love? Uh, he, he, you know, and and then it's they're showing her too much more than they showed you know Jack at Lakers games more than Jerry you
0: know, Jones. My complaint is I don't want to I, see I, Jerry I, Jones's crinkled wrinkled ass on no. the TV. <laughs> Well, except for when he looks like he's suffering, but I'm right. Well, that's okay. Okay. You're right. I am going to amend it to when Jones is is in despair. That's okay.
1: Right, right. but like some of like the political conspiracy stuff, that's just batch, but you know, crazy, and that's fine. We live in that world of conspiracy theories and politics. I wish politics would be out of everything. Put that aside. That stuff's just crazy. Nobody's throwing anything. But now I get why you might be annoyed with it because. Oh my gosh, this team already has everything and now you get her? Right. And and by the way, for people that are our age, Martin, and, and you know, you got younger people in the house, she's she's not she's bigger than the NFL. She's bigger, you could argue, than Michael Jordan. She has worldwide appeal everywhere. For people that I mean, people started watching the NFL this year and became Chiefs fans this year. I I've, I've got a friend that I went to high school with, she's a, a year older than me, that the joke was always she knows nothing about sports and doesn't care about it unless it's figure skating. And she was regularly messaging me. She lives in New York. Uh, we're watching the Chiefs. I'm like, are, are, are you okay? Is everything all right? So it's been weird. And you're right. Like, hooray for the Midwest because this stuff doesn't happen here. It happens on the coast. And just to to wrap this thought up, Kansas City's like St. Louis. It's small. You know, it's a big small town, small big town, whatever you want to call it. You know, he 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 lives three miles down the road from me. People are going to the Trader Joe's right by his house, just hoping to get a glimpse. That I haven't done that. I go there when I need my shopping. But when when articles have been written, you know, uh, was a page, what is a page one or whatever the the tabloid thing in New York is in the Post. They wrote all these details about this restaurant that they were hanging out with with the friends and the Mahomes and the this and that in the private room, and I'm like. Not only do I go there for, you know, dinner or for a happy hour, I'm friends with the owner. Like that that's that doesn't happen in a New Yorker or in LA.
0: It is just it's a phenomenon and it's it's fun to sort of just observe it. When he's not talking love or Swifties, he's covering the Kansas City Royals for we're getting close to two decades Joel Goldberg, Bally Sports Midwest, Royals host reporter and news of the day the royals announcing and this has been talked about for a long time but finally unveiling their plans we all love renderings uh walk folks through it we've had your buddy frank bull on the show a little bit and it was kind of back and forth but it sounds like the royals are moving ahead and this will be i, I don't want to say downtown proper but folks who are loosely familiar tell them where this will be
1: no this is downtown and um assuming that everything goes the direction that has been reported and and um um, you know, I, I think they're all set to go here now. They're going to have to pass a, a vote in April, which is essentially well, it's just an extension of a tax that's been there forever. So it's an extension of that. But if you've been to downtown Kansas City and you've hung out by the power and light or the what was once called the Sprint Center when I got here, now the T-Mobile Center, it, it's just across the street from there. So you know, they they believe and and you and I have talked about this before. And when you come into town, this this downtown here in Kansas city is thriving compared to when I moved here. And they've really, really made it a place for young people and people to hang out. And certainly when, you know, things like the, when the big 12 tournament is here, there's not a better event in Kansas city. It's just four to five days of, you know, fun atmosphere and partying. And and when you look at any shot, they, they, I think I saw Scott Van Pelt giving it a shout out the other night, when something's going on in Kansas city, everybody's at the power and light. We did our, post-game shows during the playoff runs in 14 and 15 there. And, you know, Rex Hudler and I doing post-game show the, when the Royals won the World Series in New York, and we got 10,000 people screaming and yelling behind us every World Cup game. So it's just right in that neighborhood, just a couple blocks down. And, you know, having traveled the country and been to every stadium, there's, there's something fun about downtown baseball and the thought of that being here in Kansas City um in i would imagine four years or something like that is is really appealing
0: so they wouldn't even have to build their version of ballpark village in a sense it's already there right it's next door and there'll be other things added but as as far as the central pub location it's already pre-built
1: they've got a lot there and it just keeps but it also extends potentially extends that out and allows it to grow even more it it is um you know the press conference today will involve the um you know, the the president of the Kansas City Sports Commission, the Frank Viverito, Mark Schreiber, if you will, uh, Kathy Nelson, who, who's been on an incredible run with World Cup and Super Bowl parade and, and on and on. And then Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. This isn't in the 18th and Vine District where the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum is, but it, it kind of gets, well, I mean, it gets the stadium closer. It potentially links everything closer. So I think it opens up a lot more opportunities. You're right, the other option that they were looking at there were a couple options but the other option they were looking at downtown was a little bit more on the east edge of of downtown and that was going to probably be more of a we need to build all these other things around it and so you're right i think a lot of this will be built i i suspect they have a lot of work to do because the 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 challenge in this is that you have people already there and so you got to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna move some people and i don't know if there's eminent domain or any, any of that i know you and i don't get into too much of the politics and and that world, but I think that that there's a lot of infrastructure there. They're going to need to build a lot more and make it work, but you know they're not going into this blindly. They they know what they need to do.
0: What's the public appetite amongst Royals fans? Do they want to leave the K? Are they disappointed, or is it split? What do you sense from the fan base? Because that's a pretty iconic stadium that they're playing in already.
1: It is. I, I think that this is going to match up with what most fan bases, at least you know, long-term fan bases, and this is a long-term fan base, not in the way that St. Louis is, but you know, they've they've had the Kansas City Royals here since the '60s, and and before that, the Kansas City Athletics, and you know, they did play in the city in in uh, at Municipal until through 1972. Kauffman Stadium opened in '73. I I think to me, from what I hear, the polling suggests that people are for it. When you talk to friends, and we all, you know. Most people we know are like this. You get a lot of why would they do that? I love Kauffman Stadium. I, change is hard. Like, we just built the most amazing airport that you could imagine. And anyone that's listening, if you've ever been through Kansas City's airport, it's not a fun experience. It's now really good. And people are pushing back on that. I, I just want the old one. It's a quicker walk to my car, I don't have to park as far. And it's like people get comfortable with the routine and what works for them. So I think change is always hard. So a lot of the people that I talk to, and this will be more older, you hear that. What do we need a new stadium for? Kauffman Stadium is one of the most beautiful stadiums. I don't need to be downtown and all this. I think for the most part, when you talk to the younger generation, they're like, yes, sign me up. I love the idea of of being able to to get some food or a drink or whatever it is and hang out before the game and, and then go do something afterwards instead of just hanging out in a big parking lot. So... I, I, my sense is that it skews really well younger, and it may skew better than it looks with the older generation. But as you know, you don't hear as many people or see as many people going on social media to say, Yeah, let's do this. You hear a lot of the complaints and the negativity that comes. With social media, but I, I think they feel really good about the the chances of this happening. Do
0: you think any of this, the move downtown, leaving the K, is any of it done in conversation with the Chiefs? Because obviously, Kauffman's right next door that could yeah. open the door for them to do their own development, do more with Arrowhead, especially now as hot as the brand is. Do you think that's? Do you think the Chiefs ultimately eye that space and and what they can do with it?
1: Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, but they've been. They've been linked together the whole time sharing the Truman Sports Complex. So this is not, um, from everything that, that I'm told, this has never been a, hey, we're going to do this and you're 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 on the outs here or we're not sharing with you what we're doing. This has been a joint effort for the most part, or while they may be going in different directions. And I don't know what the Chiefs will do. I mean, there's been talk about they could go over to the Kansas side and there, there's plenty of space out by where soccer is uh where, where they could build anything and everything they want they'll also have this whole area um to themselves and so I think that you know that Chiefs brand is a little bit more like that Packers brand I think they could do whatever they want and whatever they do will be really good but I think in the end both of them will, 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 will kind of do their own thing and both will end up being better better for it so I you know I, I don't know where the Chiefs will end up but they're going to get as much out of this as, as the Royals
0: do. Uh, we also noticed the Royals spending money. Bobby Wood Jr., I'm old enough to remember his dad. He Actually, Dave yeah. Job, our buddy, sports producer extraordinaire Dave Job said I think he pitched for the Cardinals. Bobby Wood, I had to look it up. I think he did in like 97, 98. But uh, <laughs> what does that move mean for the Royals? Are they going to be spending more money in general, or is it just specific to him?
1: Well, they already, and this one wouldn't have captured as much of the headlines as Bobby Wood Jr., but they already were one of the biggest spenders this off season. The Dodgers obviously blow everybody away by just signing one guy, but they went out there and and spent over a hundred million dollars in free agency this off season, including the the guy that has already said that um, that he will prefer working with me over Jim Hayes. Now he didn't say that, but Michael Walker. <laughs> so we get Michael Walker in here, which is actually really cool. And I talked to him at our. Royals Rally Fan Fest event a couple of weeks ago, and and I was there for his big league debut, which came against the Royals in a game that went till three fourteen in the morning. Watched him almost throw a no hitter against the Royals for the Padres last year. So they spent big money on Michael walker and Seth Lugo, both of whom were in the Padres rotation last year. They went out and they signed Hunter Renfro. Those were their three bigger signings. They added a few more pieces, some veteran pieces like Adam Frazier and and Garrett Hampson traded for a couple of bullpen pieces and traded for Kyle Wright, who will be out all year with shoulder uh, after shoulder surgery, but he won 21 games a couple years ago for the Braves. So they spent all this money first. And I think Martin, none of this is a coincidence, uh, whether they'll admit it to this way or not, you know, this ownership group, which is going into year four, could very easily have said, you know what? We lost 106 games. Last year, it's not quite time to spend all this money. Um, We need to keep building and building and building. But I think one tough to sell sell a stadium. And I believe the stadium is the right, the right move. I think it's time for downtown baseball. I felt that way for a lot of years. It's tough to sell that when you just lost 106 games, it's tough to sell that when people are saying, "Boy, we'd love to come watch them, but they're not doing anything. So that was one piece that helped with the timing. The, the, the 106 losses, was not expected last year. I don't think anybody expected them to win the division, but they expected to be better. They had a team full of young guys, including Bobby Wood Jr., that most of them, not Bobby, were, were kind of all failing in their first and second years all at the same time. So they went out there, they got all those reinforcements, they signed all that. So one, yes, you're trying to sell a fan base in a stadium, but two, and I heard this last year into the off season that they very much had interest in signing Bobby Wood Jr. to a long-term deal, and that it wasn't so much the number and the money, which was going to be significant, and it was, it was that he's not going to, he's not going to commit to being here long-term if he doesn't feel like they're committed to winning. And so they weren't just trying to impress a fan base. They were trying to impress the, the future of this team, the, the, the face of this franchise. And just to put this in perspective, too, we see a lot of young guys getting these crazy contracts now before they do anything. He's already done it for two years. I mean, how, how do you, on a 106 lost team, still manage to end up with 30 home runs and 49 stolen bases and finish eighth in the American League MVP voting as a 23-year-old on the worst team in baseball? He, he has, I think people feel like he has the most talent that they've seen here in a player all-around talent since Carlos Beltran, a young Carlos Beltran. And he's the real deal, and he's 23. And There's some days I'm like, gosh, these kids are so young. But he's also like 23 going on 32 in terms of maturity, in terms of just growing up in the game. This is, um, I think when all is said and done, they'll end up looking back saying they got him for a bargain. Um, he's just different than, I think he's probably the most talented player that I have seen break into the big league since Albert Pujols. I'm not saying he's going to become Pujols. He's more like a Mike Trout in terms of the skill set, a young Mike Trout that had the power and the elite speed.
0: What a new cycle in Kansas City, The Bobby. Witt deal was, what, a week or so ago? Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Royals announced plans for a new downtown stadium. And, oh, by the way, the parade on parade Wednesday. Tomorrow. Joel Goldberg, longtime, uh, I was going to say, friend of the show, friend of mine, Bally Sports Midwest, Royals coverage. I think people can get Royals coverage. If you have cable in St. Louis, you can probably find it and follow along. But, Joel, thanks for hopping on. All right. Thanks, Martin. Right now we're joined by Vahe Gregorian from the Kansas City Star, columnist, uh, outstanding columnist, formerly with the Post-Dispatch, which I guess now... Is it been a decade, Vi, your, your merger to KC, your trip west.
2: Yeah, it's been uh, on into the 11th year. I, wow. I came over here in 2013. Still only about less than half the time I was at the Post-Dispatch. So, um, you know, I'm still a newcomer in KC, right. but, but it has been a while.
0: Wow, it's it's amazing. I said this at the outset of the show, you and I texting, and uh, I'm like, well, this would be a good time. Well, this would be a good time. I'm like, well, no, it's, it's busy. The news cycle just this week alone from a Super Bowl to cover on Sunday, then the Royals roll out their stadium announcement Tuesday, then the parade, and then the tragedy that ensues. I know you've been doing this a long time, but I would just think the roller coaster here, even for what you do emotionally, it's, it's, it's just a really just in, intense – couple of days.
2: Yeah, that's really well said, Martin. And, and the, the point, the, the roller coaster point, I think, is what it is. I mean, some, some events you know you're covering and you know there might be something happening. Then other events, uh, and particularly tragic events, you know, just shake up your, your insides and shake up the whole landscape, obviously. And uh, it has been a little bit of a, a complicated time because I think, um, in so many ways, the last eight, nine, ten days were really kind of a capstone on, on this era in Kansas City sports history. And that you know started with, we, we already knew we were hosting the World Cup in 2026, but we didn't know we were getting six games, including a quarterfinal. That was a uh, you know a week ago last Sunday. The next day, Bobby Witt Jr. signs a uh, 11-year contract extension. This is not the kind of money the Royals have ever spent before. You, you, Cardinals people uh, see this stuff, but but it's pretty unprecedented here. And then obviously the Chiefs' fourth Super Bowl trip in five years, and finally winning it, and the parade, and the Royals announcing the ballpark. So all of that just screeches to a halt with what happened yesterday, because um, that's all we can think of, and it is all we should be thinking of. I, I know that in time we'll, you know, step back, have a little different kind of perspective, and uh, uh, you know, try to. I don't know about make sense of what happened but to try to move on from it and um you know that that's what you know resilient people do and that's what will happen but you just find yourself wondering uh when is enough enough and when will anybody do anything about what what's happening here and all across america uh almost almost as if routine and almost as if inevitable
0: yeah and i know people get you know Get crazy about the topic of, you know, gun control. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just the fact that we have so many, just the willingness to shoot one another or just the, I guess, even the desensitization maybe of everyone that just does it. Like, it's not even a thing. And I just can't even come to grips with it. And you've got community events we went out of covid where nobody could be together and now we're all back together and then you're going to get people who are afraid to be together or be in big events i'm curious too what what was your vantage point what was your just your personal uh ride yesterday
2: well so yeah so as i think i mentioned you know our our where our office is now is in crown center in kansas city and you know we actually have a bird's eye view of the parade from the window but uh several of us particularly my my Co sports columnist and dear friend Sam McDowell and I were out there um, until the uh... floats went by, and then we thought, okay, we can't get close to the stage. Let's go get back up to the office so we can hear what's being said on the stage. And um, then, you know, when it became apparent something was going on, um, there were about eight or ten of us from the star that, that went out there, and I don't want to make it sound like we, you know, we thought we were running into fire or something like that. That, that, That's not my point, but we wanted to try to make sure we understood what was happening and and talk to people, and so we spent about the next hour or so out there, and um, maybe you saw on Twitter a couple videos I posted. uh, The one that struck me the most was uh, uh, a woman, Dana, uh, gosh, I believe Bradley was her last name, but it's it's all a little foggy right now, but Dana Bradley and her daughter Madison, they flew in from New Hampshire for the parade because Dana's from Kansas City. And they were not even really directly engaged. But the, the absolute um, terror and, and even petrified look on, on the poor 14-year-old girl's face was was something I'll never forget, especially on a day where I'd been taking stock of all the innocence and the, the kind of sweetness of all the children around, the baby strollers. Um, children up on parents' shoulders, kids playing pickup pick up football that had never met each other before. Um, that's that's what stays with me. And then, of course, as you know, nine nine children were among those shot shot. And um, apparently, they're they're um, all on the way to recovery, as our last understanding. But what, what do you tell the children? What do you tell people about about this? And try to act like. It, it's okay. And I realize, you know, you don't want to go into a political realm. And, but I hate that we think that talking about gun safety is political. That's absurd. I mean, it's an epidemic. It only happens in our country. And um, it, it's because of neglect by our politicians.
0: Yeah. No. My point is, if you just say guns and the the conversation stops, you know what I'm saying? There's right. Each side, I, there has to be a better conversation about public safety or the value of human life. Like, how is this happening? And if we can, and then maybe we get to like, oh, all right, that law is too loose, or that one needs a change, or that one's fine, or these guys aren't following the rules anyway. But I just feel like it stops immediately when we just say they're going to take our guns or right. Uh, the the and and, just, and
2: look, just to make the distinction here. I'm, you know, I, I'm not fundamentally anti-gun. You should be able to hunt. I guess you should be able to protect yourself. But there's a big difference between giving people the ability to do mass shootings and the enabling of these kinds of weapons, like military-grade weapons, that are prevalent. They're, they're prevalent. It's just unbelievable. How can that be? And that that I don't see... The problem I think we have is that you can't, to your point, you can't have a real conversation about it because the people that think you're, you don't think AK-47s are a good thing think you're trying to come after their hunting gun. and Or some people. I don't want to say all people. That's not fair. There are a lot of responsible gun owners, I'm quite sure. But there is an element that feels like if you even bring up that somebody shouldn't have an automatic uh, weapon that they would use in war on our streets, then you're then you're coming after their guns. That's just preposterous
0: it's lunacy yeah and I just I wonder how we have a rational discussion about what does make sense and how do we kind of look at the math and the numbers of what's happening and saying this is it's not a country we don't want our country to live this way I think that's more than fair I, I saw something recent with Clyde Edwards alaire apparently he sheltered some kids have you heard some stories not that it's the most important thing but it is interesting that Chiefs players I guess were in enough proximity that some of them actually were holding on to kids or helping them hide?
2: Yeah, there's there was. Uh, there's been a few reports of that. I can't tell you I've got a comprehensive view of it, but e- even yesterday when we were out there talking to uh, people who were leaving, uh, R. Sam McDowell, Laura Bauer, and, and Judy Thomas, I think were the ones speaking to a couple people who uh, had been helped by Andy Reid.
1: Mm. Andy
2: Reid had kind of uh, embraced... And uh, encouraged um, a, a couple people in there. Trey Smith, um, I, as I understand it, was was helping uh, just basically put his arm around kids and get them into a shelter spot. So that the timing of this was pretty pretty close to. I don't want to say exactly when the Chiefs were leaving the stage, there were, but it was around that time because the, the, the ceremony was done. But we were struck by the fact that. A lot of the chiefs were kind of lingering on the stage. Um, we actually bumped into, of all people, Donna Kelsey, a little later, who who told us that um, once that all happened, I mean, they they got the Chiefs out of there pretty fast, but, but not so fast they didn't have a chance to try to help some people, which is you know pretty telling, right? In that in that moment, that that they have have the uh, um, the, the the fortitude and the the thoughtfulness to try to try to. You know, just console and and help people.
0: Well, and this is going to sound sappy, but if, if anyone can help your city heal, I think it's the Chiefs because that connection, the love for that team, that brand is so strong, and there's no good segue for me here, but I'm curious in the time you've been there just what you've seen in terms of the monumental growth of the brand and just the Chiefs. I mean, they are We were talking the other day, Joel Goldberg was on, and he said, I never thought the Chiefs would be compared to the Patriots. But now people hate the Chiefs just because they're winning so often. And I I think that's a fair comp right now.
2: Yeah, and I'll say this is kind of interesting. And it's a little bit, I don't know if the Chiefs, the feeling of of Chiefs fans parallels the feeling of Cardinals fans. I'm not not sure. There's, There's some parallels in terms of the passion, even when things are not going well. Um, but the difference is it's almost always gone well for the Cardinals and the Chiefs, you know, went through 50 years of not getting back to a
1: Super Bowl, and a lot
2: of just agonizing losses. And guess what? The fans were, um, still pretty intense and pretty dedicated. So when you combine that kind of fan base with this just, you know, unbelievable run they've had, especially unbelievable coming out of what they'd come out of all those years, um... It's just top of the charts. And you know, the Chiefs, uh some people uh, are calling them, you know, the New America's team, which what what comes with that is of course the uh polarizing aspect, right? Of you know, the, their they're winning and et cetera. But the Chiefs have had this ambition of trying to call themselves the world's team for a few years and it's one of the reasons they've done a lot of international marketing and you know, the visibility of Patrick Mahomes, um and obviously the Travis Taylor Swift uh story has really you know, ratcheted that up all the more. One last thing in this little burst I'll just say is that I get that there are people that, you know, there's a certain set of people that's just going to present the uh, the winners, right? That's just how it happens, especially when you win a lot. It reminds me of that old, uh, I think it was All commercial, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Um, but, but what's different to me about the Chiefs, and maybe uh, I'm just drinking the local Kool-Aid because I've been around them a lot, is that I think Patrick Mahomes has, an incredible uh, appeal that I'm not sure Tom Brady had. I mean, I think, I think people perceive Brady uh, to some degree as a whiner. You know, there's, there's some stigma with the Patriots, uh, you know, some Standal, of the and, yeah. cheating, cheating issues. Nobody's saying that about, about Patrick Mahomes. And I, I think Patrick is deeply respected, by his peers around the league because I think he you know, he'll talk a little trash but he's basically a sportsman. I mean he's telling people good hit. He's uh he's a look you in the eye guy with the media. He he never rolls his eyes at questions. Um this is a side point, but he works with you when, when, when you when you are working on an angle, you can tell he's like reading the defense and trying to help you. So I mean I just think he's um a pretty pretty magnetic face of Kansas City and I I, so look maybe people hate him as much as the Patriots I don't know but I I think there's something different about this
0: and I I think there's a crowd that wants to there's not a lot there to dislike I, I just I don't see it at all maybe you're just tired of him being in every commercial but there was the video before the Ravens game where they showed him kicking Justin Tucker's ball out of the way and I think but so look at this boy he got so cocky so quick and then you find out, no, Tucker was actually kind of messing with the Chiefs. It was their area they were working in, and it was kind of his way of kind of just getting under their skin. But it's it's amazing how quickly that can be, you know, the misconception can start. Oh, see, Mahomes is kind of a jerk. You didn't even know it. It's almost like people are looking, because there's nothing there. And I think I think Brady yeah. Brady maybe was a little robotic, maybe. And this yeah. this guy just seems more real. Even they showed the shot of him. He had his shirt off, and maybe he wasn't as – lean and mean as everyone thought he was. Yeah. And I saw him in the pregame show the other day. He said, yeah, man, it's a dad bod, but that was a tough angle for me. There's better angles than that. Yeah. And I, he even just kind of owned that.
2: You look, he handles everything that way. And even some stuff like, you know, the other day the Super Bowl is over and he thinks to thank Alex Smith again because Alex Smith was kind of the mentor for him for the sort of redshirt year. You know, 30 seconds on the stage in the AFC championship game, he brings up, you know, that the game meant a lot to them because of Norma Hunt's death. Uh, last summer, and you know he has the presence of mind on these things. It's pretty incredible. By the way, just one quick correction, though. It was actually Kelsey that that uh, moved through the helmet of Tucker out of the way and and, and okay, yeah. I don't I don't think Patrick did any of that.
0: Okay, but yeah, he was, he was he was working that area. Right, it. you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right well it was Kel- Kelsey would play he doesn't mind being the wWE character uh he's no, no he's way. not retiring right didn't he say I'll be back or is anyone I know Andy made it official are they bringing the band back together
2: well look there's 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 been some sort of i don't know cryptic responses in some ways from Andy although I think Andy's kind of on the hook at this point I don't understand i there's simply no reason other than other than the possibility with that nobody knows of that if that, that andy's got some illness i think andy's coaching at least to the end of the end of his capability to move and and be animated i mean he's going to keep going for a long time unless he physically can't unless there's an illness and we have no reason to think there is i don't know what these you know kind of uh bits and pieces of rumors come from but um i'd I'd be stunned again unless there's something that we don't know about his health and travis you know he's done some stuff like tell the wall street journal that he's thought about retirement more than people know. Then every time we ask him about it, he's like, you know, I can't wait to be back. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Jason, Kelsey hasn't officially retired yet. I mean, people assume he has, but I don't think he's made that announcement. We wonder if they might do that on a New Heights podcast sometime. It's hard, it's hard to say. that um, You know, maybe they would do it together. But I, I, at this point, we have no reason to think Travis will retire.
0: Vahe Gregorian, sports columnist, Kansas City star. How much of your – job is Chiefs related you get you get to pick your columns and sure when Bobby Witt signs or they roll out a new stadium design for the Royals but are are you 70 percent Chiefs or is that too high
2: that's a really good estimate and 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 I'd say it probably is 70 percent because it's almost 90 percent for about six months (laughs) so um and really the last month you know once it gets to be the playoffs that that's really all it is um so uh but you know it's it's that's good because it's it's stuff that's very compelling to work on and write about. And, um, you know, I'll get out to spring training here in a couple of weeks, and you know, it'll be in the middle of March Madness. And hopefully the Royals will uh, not be out of contention by the end of April, as usual this year. So that'll be more interesting. They should be better. Um, there's a lot of reasons they should be better. And uh, then next thing you know, we're kind of cranking up the Chiefs machine again.
0: Yeah, I said this about their stadium the other day. They have the best – endorsement so far Mahomes tweeted looking good or go or whatever he did he, he basically said I like it uh what's next they've got to pass the vote but it sounds like it's it's a 3 of a cent tax that already exists is there any Correct. chance it, Is there any chance it doesn't move forward
2: there is a chance there's some resentment uh toward the royals in, in town over this and I you know I, I, I'm trying to keep an open mind about it, but but I, people don't want to leave Kauffman Stadium. People, there's there's a percentage of people that really love Kauffman Stadium. People also, you know, are there's a certain skepticism about a downtown ballpark. But I mean, obviously, coming from where I came from, you can see the benefits. I mean, it's 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 part of the fabric of St. Louis, and I think it would work well here. I think the problem is there's some some lingering questions about what damage could be done uh in the district they want to put it it's a thriving district if it's done right if it folds in right it really could be kind of a connector and catalyst um, but there are people that are in the district that are worried about that and i think there's a percentage of people that even though it would just be extending the same tax feel like i don't want to put that money uh in their pockets you know and and i i understand where they're coming from but i also understand that you know the, the chiefs and royals are, are pretty good for Kansas City um it doesn't seem to me to be a, a, a great price to pay for, for that. And uh, I, I just think people want some some blanks filled in on, on what this will really be. Bear in mind, I think you mentioned this, but I'm not sure that the tax is entwined with the, the chiefs mm-hmm. wanting to do renovations. Um, and I guess if it gets shot down on April 2nd, then there might be, uh, you know, maybe they'll split. On this, you know, they've been connected because they've been at the same stadium complex for so long. But with that changing, I'm not sure that they couldn't, you know go after different fan bases, different different vote points here. And the chiefs certainly have a little more
0: oh, um, yeah. momentum behind them ride, right. right ride, ride those royals, ride those coattails for sure, and say, yeah. hey, even if you don't like us, uh, your buddies, Mahomes and uh, Kelsey would like it if you'd vote for it. that's that's a heck of a yeah. way to sell it. And then I wonder well, it is. final thought, I guess, long term then with Arrowhead. If Kaufman gets replaced, do you just see the Chiefs sort of taking over that parking lot, building their own little kingdom or whatever they call it? Do you think that's what they would eye eventually?
2: I think that's the idea. It, it, there's, it's very interesting to picture how it would work, though, because we've had some thoughts that maybe it would be like what the Packers do or what the Patriots do with the, these extended areas around it. On the other hand, the Chiefs have not really expressed that and that area has been very difficult to develop around the stadiums. It's, I mean, it's crazy. In 50 years, there, there's just almost nothing around it. So, I guess the question they'd have to figure out is, what other types of events would they want to put on in the area? Would could there be? I'm making this up, but like a, a concert venue, smaller concert venue. You know, they build in there. Could there be those sorts of things that are bringing people to that area on on the you know, 330 plus days or 50 plus days that there's not football at that stadium. I think that, that will be part of the challenge. Like, why do I want to go out there? I mean, or do you just, can you build enough around it for game day that makes it, you know, worth worth the cost and, you know, what does it do for them? So there's, I think the chief has really started to formulate what those plans would be, but I, I don't know that we really have a good feel for that yet.
0: I wonder if, and this, and I, my brain always wanders, but I just wonder if it's residential, like Arrowhead Village, and you have young people living in these condos, and then that allows you to have bars or restaurants that are getting supported because, you know, the 901-210 or Melrose Park, whatever those shows, you know, like a younger, hip crowd, if you could build some kind of, Anyway, that's that's for another day. But Vahé, we always appreciate you hopping on the show. I know it's been a crazy week, uh, both exciting, sad, thrilling—all the emotions of the week. And uh, you're always thoughtful and interesting. And thanks so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, Martin, always good to be with you. Thanks for uh, thanks for keeping up with me, and and uh, I appreciate your friendship.
0: Love talking to both of these guys, and with Vahé, the timing was such. We were going to talk before the Super Bowl, during the Super Bowl, ended up being that particular Thursday, which was the day after the shooting in Kansas City. And I've been over there and visited with Joel and seen the town, it really is coming along as far as downtown, and I know we're always comparing St. Louis to everybody else, but I think we can learn a few things. Whatever they've done to generate interest in their downtown or different pockets and we've got some great neighborhoods here but we could do a little more for sure with the core of downtown perhaps a trip to kc is in order maybe we'll get that hyperloop going remember they're gonna have that train you could be in kansas city in 45 minutes to an hour wouldn't that be cool if you want to go to a game over there or have lunch or business i guess that's what do they say that's been tabled for now so hope you enjoyed the visit. Thanks for tuning in, as always, to the Kill Coin Conversation. All of our segments posted at Apple, iTunes, Spotify, scoopswithdannymack.com. Great website, daily coverage from Bernie Meckles. He's still writing columns every day, news, notes, nuggets, all of it, one spot, scoopswithdannymack.com. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks to all of our great sponsors, Triad Bank, Appliance Discounters, Marie Davila Senior Living, the Missouri Athletic Club, And, of course, the Pasta House Studios, where we are coming to you from the Pasta House Studios. 19 area locations or online. It's PastaHouse.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming,